previously on Funny Science Fiction. Uh, of course I will. And then he goes, do you have a pen? And then I went, <gasps> and then he like reaches over to this little kid and takes his Sharpie and he goes, so who should I make it out to? And I'm like, Lacey, you can put whatever you want on it. I don't really care. Just like, <laughs> like Hello and welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Where Shatner is not just a person, but a game where everyone overreacts. Our uh, guest today is Rob Stringer, the writer and creator of the Oblivity Podcast, a sci-fi comedy podcast with its own online escape game. You guys need to check them both out. Thanks for being on the show, Rob. Welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is very exciting. Yes, yeah, we're... Beaker here is one of your biggest fans, so I thought I would have him sit, sit in on this, this uh, session. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> wow, yeah, absolutely. It's great to have such endorsement from um, uh, someone who doesn't vocalize themselves. Uh, yes. Really <laughs> he did say meep. Right, yeah. Once you interpret excited. the meeps, you, it's, uh, it's all, it's uh, all good from excited, there. excited, you know. Yeah. It, it was, was a very fast-paced, very fast-paced meeping. <laughs> so, Rob, we're, we're very excited to have you on today and talk about your podcast. And one of the things I always like to talk to creative people about uh, is their beginnings, things that inspired them to be creative. Now, whether it's something from their upbringing or it's something that's that there is around them that's inspiring them now. So Rob, what inspires you to be creative on your podcast, the Oblivity podcast? Was it from something from your youth or is it something from now? Whether or not it's sci-fi related, doesn't matter. What is it that inspires Rob? Wow, let's start with the tough questions. You're um, welcome. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I guess there are, yeah, there are, there's the sci-fi answers to that, and then there's the other answers. Um, uh, I, I enjoy, um, so we get a lot of comparisons on our reviews to like Red Dwarf, for instance, um, and I can absolutely see the similarities there, and it's lovely to be um, compared to that, because I, I, was, I was a big fan of Red Dwarf growing up, and I still love it, still watch the repeats. Um, and uh, uh, so, yeah, that's great. I think what I really like about about that kind of arena is um, uh, being able to tell stories in really silly ways and using kind of allegory and metaphor and things like that in um, in really cool ways. So I love that, particularly the early Red Dwarfs. I really loved how um, how philosophical they got over kind of questions of um, like ethics and um, uh, and and um, like reality and things like that, um, which I don't know, just really exciting me at the time. And it's nice to um, feel like through Oblivity, I can do something similar, if not quite as accomplished, perhaps. Um, so, uh, yeah, and the, that's the kind of same reason why I love stuff like Buffy as well, where it uses, you know, it's got monsters, sure. But yeah, the monsters sure. are very symbolic for other things. And um, I love that whole kind of approach. Um, that's really exciting. In terms of like generally what makes me creative and want to create is I don't know I just really enjoy it it's, um, uh, it's the kind of thing that gives me so I'm a, I'm a big like puzzle solver I really like puzzles and I really like the whole and um, like storytelling aspect of kind of having a story wanting to tell it and then like treating it a bit like a cryptic crossword and you know you have to get from here to here and you're not quite gonna short not not sure how that's gonna happen um, uh, but you um, you kind of work on your characters and work on the story until it all kind of clicks into place. Um, and I really like that aspect of it, like making it a really kind of logical structure. Um, it's really satisfying, I think. So okay. 
that's me waxing lyrical about about creative. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> that's all right. We we appreciate it. Wax away, wax away. That's fine. Or wax on, wax off, which, whichever way you go. Um, <laughs> that was coming. <laughs> uh, as soon as he said wax, that was the first thing that popped in my brain. Right. Oh, oh, Daniel son, wax on, wax off. Anyway, all right. So, Rob, let's talk about the game. It's a fun little escape game. What was the reason for making the game? Was there something uh, you just you said woke up one morning and went, we should make a game? Or was there an influence uh, outside of, outside of uh, what we see that something that made you say, this is the type of game I want to do? Yeah, that I, yeah. So as I, as I just saying, like I really love puzzles and I love escape games. Um, have you have you done escape games? Um, yes, I have. I have not. Uh, Alan uh, Drayton has. Yeah, we've done four or five uh, home games, the uh, the exit games, uh, and that that type. And then we've done uh, two or three escape rooms. Yeah, with our, with our family. So we had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, I, I love the puzzles and figuring that out. Got out of it. Yeah. So I mean, far, we have yet to be defeated by any of them. Oh, great! Congratulations. That's great. And um, <laughs> yeah, we've done we've done a few. We've got a habit of doing them when we go on holiday if we can find some about. Um, yeah, we're, we're big escape games fans, and we've done like western ones and pirates ones and samurai ones and um, gangsters and things like that. Yeah, they, they, I, I really love it when they're kind of really like well plotted and well themed. Um, so I've kind of always harbored a desire to have a, a to create a physical escape game. Um, all I need is huge amounts of money and uh, space to do it. Um, <laughs> but uh, in, in, writing, in writing the podcast, um, I think it was my, my wife actually, who said, um, maybe you could do an online escape game for this. Um, and I kind of went, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe sometime. And then it was this year that I kind of thought, actually, no, we, we probably could do this. And um, so we'd, we'd released one episode of, of one, sorry, one season of Obliverty um, and a few mini episodes. And we were planning to do our second season earlier this year. Um, but because of obvious reasons, we weren't able to do that. Um, but I still wanted to kind of get something out. I wanted to get something to give to, our, to the people who had backed a second season through our crowdfunder last year. Um, because uh, everything was delayed um, and yeah I just had this silly idea of um, actually working on working on an escape game um, uh, hosted from a website and um, somehow it all kind of came together um, uh, yeah so the, the, the team were all on board which is fantastic I got the the actors on board um, we got amazing artwork from this guy called Justin Woods he's a brilliant artist um, nice. who right. very kindly did these great illustrations for us of the characters uh, and my friend Tom did some music as well. Um, so yeah, it's become a nice kind of interactive affair and it meant that I could work on my, carry out my dream of creating puzzles, um, which uh, yeah, yeah, it fulfilled, it, it ticks that escape room box for me basically, which I've harbored for, for a long time. Oh, that's cool, but that's a that's cool great. answer. Yeah, I, I really enjoy uh, escape rooms. In fact, uh, I built, I kind of built one in Minecraft, uh, which is all really? part of my redstone. So, I'll have to pull that one out and dust it off and uh, and put it up again. That you got me thinking about it. Oh wow! Yeah, great. That's cool. I didn't know you'd done that. All right. So, Rob, one more question for me here, real quick. So, looking at mm -hmm. Oblivity, seeing that it's kind of an episodic style comedy podcast, uh, you have multiple characters. Um, you know, some are kind of goofy, and then that's kind of the fun of it. 
Uh, but clearly, this all takes time, <coughs> right? To plan, to record, you know, and it, all that can be very exhausting. But I also think, and I'm going to make a, a broad stroke assumption here based on conversations with other creative writers, that they are naturally drawn to one or two characters more than they are the others. So which characters on your show do you identify with more or find it easier to write for more so than the other characters? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, I definitely see myself in quite a few of the characters in different ways. Um, uh, for Lowell, I've definitely got a bit of um, kind of toilet humor and uh, um, I think probably his, his and Christie's self-confidence issues um, and uh, for Bernie, I'm probably I'm probably a little bit pedantic like Bernie as well, um, uh, and um, and Falconer. I would love to be like Falconer because she's um, she's just hard. She she's uh, can I say kick ass on this show? She's sure she, she's kick ass. I'd like to be. I think Falconer is probably who I would like to be like. Um, I think yeah, I'm probably more like. Um, uh, probably Bernie and Lowell I'm going to go with across between those two yeah okay so, so no actual kicking of donkeys however involved because right? <laughs> I, that mean, we I would, don't want PETA we, on us that we would frown upon we don't we don't practice okay we don't now, practice you're just using that as an expression the kicking the donkey okay <laughs> just just to clarify exactly. that for our audience I didn't want I didn't want anybody to get up we, we don't all meals <laughs> This is a this is a donkey safe environment. Yes. So, <laughs> so is there a character that you have a struggle writing for, that you just, I mean, because clearly you put a little bit of yourself in all in, in, in all these characters, but is there one of them over the others where you find like you kind of written yourself into a corner with that character, and sometimes it's hard to get out from. Gosh. Um... Not yet. Um, I, I, which, which is, yeah, which is nice. So I've, 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 obviously I've written season two, um, and we're just waiting to get an opportunity to actually be able to record that and go into the studio together. Um, and I've planned out season three, so I kind of know, Great. I know where the where the stories are going for the characters. I know what all their arcs are. So at the moment, nice. I don't feel like I've kind of got to any dead ends, which is which is a very nice position to be in. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Great. You know, uh, humor is always, you know, the main topic on our podcast. And since you're a humorous writer and you do a comedy podcast, I always, you know, obviously humor is important to you. So why do you, you know, why did you choose a comedy podcast as opposed to more serious or dramatic type sci-fi space opera that we, that is also very popular? That's a really good question. Um, uh, I, I think I've, I've spent quite a lot of my life trying to write serious things and it just ends up inevitably becoming silly. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if, I don't know if that's because I'm quite a silly person or because, um, I, yeah, I'm not sure I feel kind of sincere enough to try and be um, uh, very solemn and serious <laughs> in my, my storytelling. Um, and there's just stories that itch to just kind of, subvert a situation and make it really 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 silly uh yeah I, I i just like kind of making people laugh as well i'm not i'm not um 
a I'm not like a you know stand-up comedian. I'm not someone who could go up and kind of tell loads of jokes to people and um, kind right. of entertain them. I'm not that at all. Um, I'm quite kind of introverted generally. Um, but in terms of yeah, just being able to like write a story that makes people laugh, I think that's just the coolest thing to actually give give someone a reason to smile as they're driving to work or doing washing up or whatever. I think that's um, a kind of really nice place to be. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, com comedy humor is is enjoyable. I know uh, my latest work in progress, I, I thought I was going to be writing a funny story and then as I had a funny concept and all of a sudden it's it's almost a tragedy. So it, it always, oh, wow. the the uh, the line between comedy and tragedy is is very, uh, very close sometimes and we don't even uh, perceive that because what is what is humorous and in, in one person's eyes might be tragic in another. So, but uh well, that's neat. I like your background. That's, yeah. Thank you so much for letting me. Now, now this is maybe, I don't know, you know, I, I don't want to touch on any legal problems here, but I did notice on one of your posts that you were talking about uh, going after those people who were squatting in your genre, you know, all those shows about space where that, that's where you, you your show takes place. So they're kind of, you know, like the Star Trek's Doctor Who's Star Wars and that ilk are all kind of copying that whole space concept that you had. So what makes you better than the competition? And are you pursuing legal action for all the rabble that's copying your whole idea? It all happened in space idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that, I, um, our silly question I, of the day here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I can't even remember what the question was now. <laughs> I know. Well, basically, well, uh, I was just being silly. The uh, the idea is what uh, what makes your show yeah. what what recommends your show to folks that are going to enjoy uh, your type of podcast. Um, so I would say, um, and I, I think I'm going to go back to your your observation about comedy and tragedy being kind of on um, very close to each other. Um, I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to try and big myself up as a serious writer here um, and say that even though Oblivity is like super goofy and like they're really kind of um, extreme characters, um, I, I, I'm really conscious of trying to make sure that there is, that they, that they become quite real. Like they start off two dimensional, but hopefully they become more complete as they go on. Um, and because I'm kind of interested in themes, the themes of like PTSD um, and uh, the kind of uh, insecurities and things that the characters feel. I'm really interested in like exploring those, especially as season two comes along, we'll see more of that. Um, so I like to think that we kind of tread both lines of being very silly, but also kind of exploring, exploring things like isolation and, um, uh, and, uh, and trauma and that kind of thing. Um, so that's my, that's my very sensible answer to that. Um, <laughs> in terms of like copyright and people copying me, we started watching Star Trek Discovery recently, and my word, there is some, I mean, I'm willing to say legal action against Michael Burnham and that lot over there with like their, their mushrooms and things like that, um, which clearly they've taken mobility, even though I think they might have written it before me. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so now, uh, 20 years ago, no one knew what a podcast was pretty much. 70 years ago, almost no one knew what a TV was. 100 years ago, people didn't know about radio. So how would you explain what you do for a living you know, on your podcast 
uh, at least your po podcast aspect of your uh, your life. How would you how would you explain that to someone in Victorian times? Oh wow, yeah, I, I wish I was doing it for a living. Um, uh, I suppose from on to Victorian times, it's um, it's just a story read out, isn't it? It's just uh, it, it's it's like Sherlock Holmes, um, uh, you know, re reading Sherlock Holmes to your friends, um, but with a few jokes. Uh, <laughs> that might be it. It's funny. There does seem to be a lot of um, a lot of confusion and different interpretations of what um, an audio drama is. And you know, is it a radio drama? Is it audio fiction? What counts as fiction? What counts as drama? Is a is a story? Is a like a book read out? Is that fiction or uh, is that drama or um, or not? Um, uh, I think to me, like, I just growing up, so we've got Radio 4 over here in the UK, which yeah. um, uh, has great sitcom, has had great sitcoms on 6.30 every weekday evening. Um, and uh, I used to kind of walk into the kitchen while my dad was cooking and hear this laughter coming from, from the radio. And I just thought, God, I'd love to be able to write something like that, where, um, you know, you write a story that is entertaining this audience and they're kind of in fits of laughter. Um, and that's like, that's, that's, I guess that's what, is, what inspired me, like, in the first place. Um, and that's all it is. It's just reading out a story that's, uh, that, that grips people. Um, am I overthinking your questions? I feel oh, like you just uh, want... No, no, no you're doing great. No, this is great. Um, because I was thinking, uh, you know, my, uh, still my favorite way to enjoy Hitchhiker's Guide is the, is the uh, audio version uh, that was originally produced. Um, and that's really got me interested in in science fiction humor. Also, was was listening to that show with all the the dramatic and some of the silliness and some of the absurdity. Of course, here in the states, it was a little uh, it was harder to get, especially back uh, when it was on the first time. Uh, I think it was on public radio occasionally and at weird times at night and stuff, but I managed to get some of it. So I really enjoyed that. And, and still when people ask me what the best way to enjoy Hitchhiker's Guide is, I say, start with that and then then read the books and maybe skip the movie if you want, <laughs> because uh, it really won't make much sense yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you don't have any background yeah. in, in the, uh, the whole yeah. uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. So, well, wonderful. Um, so your escape room, I really was fascinated by that. Um, so this is something people can log on to and get into uh, and, and do it all virtually. Now, this is, uh, is this a family friendly? Is there any cautions or anything people need to know? Is it for kids? It's, um, it, it's, it's family friendly in, uh, from the point of view that there, um, there's no swears or anything like that. Um, Oblivity is very much uh, built to be a, a kind of family friendly show. Um, there might be a few double entendres and things slipping in there, but um, generally it's uh, it's family friendly. And the game is too. Um, I think there's probably a bit of a kind of sliding scale of difficulty in the game. So there there are some more challenging puzzles. I'm told I'm told from feedback that the first puzzle in the game is the hardest. <laughs> and then, uh, so if that if that doesn't put you off, then you'll be fine after that. Um, and there are a few puzzles that kids can get into, like mazes and things like that as well. So, um, yeah, various nothing, levels. Nothing too scary or anything that... I don't think so, no. no. Well, great. Fair I just enough. thought I'd ask that because I got yeah. uh, uh, thinking about that and how, how fun those are. All right. Well, it's the time on our show where we have a little fun and uh, quiz our guests. I hope Rob has uh, got his thinking cap on. 
We have a little bit of a different quiz today. It's called the same first name quiz. So Ooh, the you, first time we're trying this. So if, essentially if, if, you're, our, you're our guinea pig. Yeah. So if it fails miserably, you can blame us. Okay. Well, if nothing on you. Uh, okay. We'll blame you. You can blame us. It'll be fine. They're all the way around. <laughs> all right. So we're going <laughs> to describe two different individuals in the question and you're, and they both have the same first name. If, if you get the okay. first name, you get one point. And if you guess one of the last names or the last parts of the, of the uh, title, uh, then you will get a, a bonus point. Okay? Okay. So uh, there's 10 points possible with five questions. So if you get less than four, you're going to get the punishment meme where we take your head and put you on a, on a funny meme uh, that... Uh, People will talk about it and it will go viral and you'll be humiliated forever. No. And just oh, to great. clarify, not your actual head, just a picture of your head. Okay. No, that's so you, cool. you get that's to live no matter what. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. I mean, you could, I mean, with masks and stuff, nobody's going to recognize you. So don't worry <laughs> about it, you know, as long as COVID's around. Right. <laughs> no, but then if you, uh, but there is upside. Now, if you get more than six points, you get one of our, I gave to the Richard Widows and Orphans Fund mugs mm -hmm. to you postpaid. Like Pony Express across the ocean. I don't know how they do that. And then if you get, if you do well, very well, you get uh, greater than eight, right? Eight points. Then you get an autographed copy of Custodians of the Cosmos, uh, the humorous story of Caleb wow. Mosley, and who 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 dreams of becoming a starship officer someday, but he of course fails the entrance exam, so he gets a job as a custodian on a starship, hoping to get recommended for uh, for a promotion to the academy. <laughs> so it's the story of those who boldly go to clean up after those that boldly just went. Great stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. So um, our first question, Tim's going to uh, offer that up and we'll see how you do. You ready, Rob? Okay, I'm terrified, but yeah, <laughs> I'm ready as I'll ever be. All right, here we go. First question. The inventor of bifocals and the commander of Deep Space Nine. And uh, um, is it um, Ben? Someone? It's uh, someone famous and American. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a Ben. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And oh no, my mind is completely failing me now. Benjamin. Benjamin. Franklin. Franklin. Yes. Okay. That was the first one, and then the second one. Commander of Deep Space Nine. So you've already got two points. Deep so. Space Nine. I've never, I've never watched it. I've never oh, okay. Deep Space Nine. Okay. Benjamin. Benjamin Cisco. Benjamin. Benjamin. But you got, you got both points. Cisco. Two points. Okay, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. All right. So now here is a uh, the second question. Uh, this is a robot on the starship Heart of Gold, and the guy waiting for his earth-shattering kaboom. You gotta okay. say it. You Marvin gotta the say paranoid it. Android. I'm sorry, go Marvin ahead. The paranoid. Yes. Marvin, Ma Marvin yeah. the paranoid android. Yep. And Marvin Earth the Martian? Yes. Earth shattering kaboom. Yeah, you could I should add you do this one. Because you can do the voice. <laughs> I can't. That's a great. Oh, that's a great impression. Yeah, he does good at that one. Uh, yeah. So you got it. Marvin the paranoid android and Marvin the Martian. So you got two points for that one as well. So you're up to four. So, uh, hey, you're you're bypassing the meme. 
So no punishment meme for you. All right. All right. So the actor behind, behind Hikira Sulu and the author of A Dance with Dragons. Uh, and well, it's George R.R. R. Martin. Okay. And um, the, George Takai. Yes. yes. Awesome. You're Six doing points. great. You're, you're acing this one. I'm doing way better than anticipated here. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Delighted. All right. Cool beans, man. You got the mug. Uh, next question. Uh, one of these played three different roles in Doctor Strangelove, and the other played Tyron Lannister on Game of Thrones. They share the first name. So the latter is Peter. The latter is Peter Dinklage. Correct. And the former is Peter Sellers. Very good. So Tim. All right. The actress who played the mom on National Lampoon's Vacation and Picard's Doctor. Um, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gone on both of these. Um, doc, oh, Picard's Doctor, isn't that... Um, she had the son, and the son's yeah. in um, yeah. Big Bang Theory. Yes. And I Wesley. Didn't really Wesley is his first Wesley. Yeah. Shut up, Wesley. Shut up, Wesley. I'll kill you in the morning. Crusher, yeah, Beverly Crusher, Beverly, Beverly Crusher. So you got the, you got it. And the mom on National Lampoon's Vacation. And not a clue, not a clue. I'll, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Beverly. Her first name is Beverly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's great. That's good. That, that's really helpful. Thank you. Let me just <laughs> Google that. Because <laughs> Beverly uh, D'Angelo. Beverly Cleverly. <laughs> very good close enough awesome well thank you so much you did great so that means thank you you have gotten yourself the mug and the book so we certainly uh, appreciate wow. it's such a good sport for uh testing out our uh quiz, new quiz format there for this uh, particular quiz you did great and give us a rating you, you, did you enjoy the quiz yeah. well given that i did all right in it i'm gonna give you a 10 out of 10 I mean, yeah, if I did there you go. It, then it would be All right. Hey. All right. Well, you are a guinea pig, and now we get to try this out on some other uh, unsuspecting yeah. sucker. I mean, guest. Maybe and, we'll uh, last, <laughs> last names next time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Rob, thank you so much for being on our show today. This has been an absolute joy. Uh, we've been just thrilled to have you here. But one more quick question for you Where can people go to find out more about your podcast and your other works? Uh, well, that's it. Yeah. Uh, so for the podcast, you can uh, just look up Oblivity on your podcast catcher on your feed. Um, and we're there. And we've got a website at oblivitypodcast.com. And that's got uh, our escape game on it and lots of sort of photos and videos and things, things like that as well. So, um, yeah, oh, and follow us as well on at Obliv yeah, excuse me, I can't, at Oblivity Podcast on Twitter. You can follow Twitter? us there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll make sure we add all that into the description uh, when we post this show. We want people to be able to find you, find your works. Uh, we follow Rob on Twitter. I strongly suggest that you guys follow Rob on Twitter as well and check out all those things. Uh, check out his escape game. Check out his podcast. Check out his, his website. Uh, some pretty cool stuff there. I'm pretty sure you guys will enjoy following him just as much as we have enjoyed following him. Yes, thank you, Rob. Very creative, and we uh, appreciate uh, you know 
we, we probably didn't mention too that Rob is the writer of the show. I, we should have said that because uh, he is a writer and that's what he does professionally. So uh, if anybody's looking for a professional writer, I know uh, uh, Rob does some freelance work too. So I hope you don't mind me throwing that in there too. So subscribing is the subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Rob and funny moments that you can listen to. So please subscribe. Please check out Rob's work and always feel free to contact us at our Facebook group where it all began, Funny Science Fiction. And please join. Uh, we're, almost, we're almost at 100,000 members and we know we're really enjoying all the, uh, the funny memes and funny comments that we get from our members. And remember, if you're not happy with the show's content, all you have to do is just let us know. We'll be more than happy to force the offending party to listen to a five-hour loop of Beaker singing It's a Small World. And our ending quote comes from Robert A. Heinlein. Progress isn't made by early risers. It's made by lazy men trying to find easier ways of doing something. Thanks again, Rob. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. So long. Farewell. Elvita Zane. It would be illogical if we failed to mention our charity, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund. Because as we know, in episode 78, just 33 minutes and 11 seconds into the show, a red-shirted Starship crew member will most likely die after flying dangerously close to the Theseus sphere and being attacked by its leader, Balok. It happens, you know? But what about their families that have been left behind? Well, that's where the red-shirt widows and orphans fund comes into play. They won't be left destitute. Please remember our fictional charity, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, is connected to a very real charity. Now, your purchase of Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund merchandise allows us to donate 100% of all profits of merchandise sold to the awesome folks over at Wish Upon a Teen. So if you go out and buy one of these super cool handy-dandy mugs or t-shirts or a hoodie or whatever cool thing that you'd like to buy, 100% of the profits of that help sick kids in a hospital have a more comfortable stay when their stay becomes extended. Don't forget about our neighbors and our, especially those who are struggling in their time of need. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at funny sci-fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.